So yeah, hey, I'm, gra- I'm grabbing a beer so I'm drink with uh, Kevin, and then I'll. Oh, you're grabbing a beer? Okay. Well, two out of two out of three people on this podcast are alcoholics. So what are you drinking, actually? Oh, good old fashioned. Uh... Michelob Ultra. Oh, nice. So yeah. you're low calorie beer. We have oh, oh, you're watching your figure. Yeah, I'm not a real Wellander. I don't drink OV. You're not a real Wellander. <laughs> Is it true at Welland, Ontario? Is that where dreams go to die? Uh, you know what? <laughs> we can talk about this. Like, man, it used to be. But Welland is like, man, I'll get into that when we start talking about, like, the whole two gyms, like, between the two locations and stuff. Like, Welland is a dream, man. I've, I've been out to Welland. I actually have some in-laws that are out in St. Catharines as well. Yeah. So I, I'm in that area frequently. Yeah. So like Thorold, Welland, St. Yeah. Catharines, the, the whole Niagara region. St. Catharines is actually a dump. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I, I would, uh, for the record, I would say maybe like downtown St. Yeah, Catharines. Yeah, a dump. Yeah. Where like, if you wanted to buy some maybe illegal drugs, possibly. Or women. You could, yeah. Or women, yeah. You could find them there. <laughs> or women. <laughs> All right, we're we're officially rolling, boys. Let's do what go? What happens in downtown St. Catharines stays in stays downtown St. Saint- <laughs> Nobody leaves their St. Catharines wives, except except for gonorrhea. That that will follow you everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but Niagara's cool. Like it's chopped up into like two. Like it's it's cool. Like you know, like you have Niagara Falls, and Ni- and I love Niagara Falls. It's like a cool town. There's stuff to do in Niagara Falls, but there's no like real like middle middle class in niagara falls like there isn't there's either really like really well off people like upper middle class and wealthy people and then people with nothing like like and it's and it's crazy because like when i opened the gym in 2015 in niagara falls like man like we it was impossible we had like 10 students after like eight months like it was hard to get people we're not in the greatest spot it's hard to get people down and we were only charging like 65 dollars a month too so it was crazy but, um, but once like, like, it's weird. Like there's 25 martial arts gyms in there and some guys charge absorbent amounts of money and people pay it's boutique, but we're not like that. So we don't get like a ton of, uh, a ton of the wealthier people come down. And most of the people who have money, kids play hockey and soccer and whatever. So why but, is there such like a big, like income divide in, in like the Niagara, well, like Niagara Falls in general, but like just in the region, is it just like manufacturing's like left the town? Yeah, or like what's the, uh, yeah that, that's what it is. So, so everybody in Niagara Falls either like owns big business, like, like hotels and big and big restaurants and stuff like that. And then everybody else just works for them in the hotel industry, the casino, like the casino has good paying jobs, but there's not a ton of them. Right. So mm-hmm you've got a lot of people that just work in like restaurants, hotels, and they're not great paying jobs. Right. That's the majority of like the, the bit, the business there, that tourism industry. And it's, you know, it's pretty good year round cause it's not too cold in the winter and actually Niagara Falls is beautiful in the winter. So it is. yeah, it is nice in the winter, but yeah, St. Catharines. I don't even know what happens in St. Catharines. I try not to go. <laughs> just, just try to avoid it at all yeah. costs. Yeah, I go get I go get tattooed at my friend's tattoo studio, and I go to Evolve to train on Fridays. And yeah, that's that's about the uh, the most I go to St. Catharines. If you were gonna have a Niagara Falls St. Catharines tourism video, what would you say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Go to the falls. It looks nice, but they probably sleep somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so there's some so pretty I, gross, I, gross motels in Niagara Falls. So, yeah. But, it's, but uh, what takes the cake? Is it Brampton or fucking St. Catharines? Which one's fucking worse? You know what? Like, Brampton. It's not even close. <laughs> they see, I've been to Old Brampton up Highway 10 there. That's beautiful up there. What? Are you kidding yeah. me? No, no, it's not. It's old and nice, isn't it? <laughs> uh, maybe I was just driving too fast. Maybe I was going too fast. You're trying to drive it That's too probably fast. why, yeah, actually. <laughs> think of like down think of downtown St. Catharines and then maybe like there's like an old LCBO right in downtown Brampton. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's just like 7.30, 8 a.m. It's just like homeless. It's not even open yet. There's like homeless people lined up with cans. Well, I know Central. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's kind of like that. That Yeah. It's not that. Welland's not like that. Welland, Welland's pretty good. The east side of Welland's like a, a tough, like, you know, like blue collar kind of place. But like where I live, I live in like, I guess I live in like Northwest Welland. It's nice, man. Like I live in like a, a, a we, I live right near Niagara Street. It's kind of like the hub of Welland or whatever. Um, and Welland's growing. Like Welland's, Welland's population is probably going to grow by like 10,000 in, in the next 10 years, 15 years. It's crazy. There's a lot of people from your way, your, your way coming down here. Yeah, because a lot of people are exodusing uh, Toronto just because of how ridiculously expensive like housing is and, and all that. <laughs> so what's the average like house price in, in Brampton, like Mississauga? It- like, 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 let's say like a 1500 square foot, like two story home in a new, you're going to be paying anywhere between if you're lucky to find a good spot in Mississauga, anywhere between six fifty starting probably up to eight fifty is what you're looking at for like for a free, much for, for like for a, a free hold for a free, for a free house. Hold. No, you're paying, for, you might oh, be no, paying more. Free, Freehold, you're going to be paying a million. If you're going to play like a townhouse yep. or something like that, you're going to look for, yeah, it's going to be like 650, 850. Yeah. So like, it's, ri- so, it's ridiculous. So like my one neighbor, he used to live in Brampton and he's like, yeah, he goes like, I bought this house. It's like my cottage. I come here on the weekends. He actually still has a house in Brampton, I think. But he was saying like, it was so, it was like, he bought it like 10 years ago. It was like 350,000. It's like 2000 square foot house, yep. like 10 years old. Yep. But even even the Niagara region is getting expensive because everybody's anticipating like the go train coming and commuting. I don't know who's going to get on the go train and ride for an hour and a half to get to work. Like, I don't, I'm not sure, but they seem to think that people are willing to ride the go train all the way to Toronto and work. But houses now you can get like a new house, 2000 square foot, two story, maybe 600,000, 650, like nice house. So it's not, you know, but your property taxes because, you know, Welland's got such low income on, you know, welfare programs and stuff like that. And the, the city's, the city's not run great. So, you know, the, the city councilors and mayor just gave themselves a nice 47% raise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My nice. taxes went up by like a thousand bucks this year. Yeah. Sounds like, sounds like politicians. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Things are going well. Why don't yeah. we double our salaries? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what? The city's making a little too much money. Let's put them back in the red. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much development going on. Like Empire Homes has come here, and they bought up all these old brown sites. It's pretty crazy, actually. It's pretty like they're Empire's putting in homes like by like 500 at a time. It's crazy. It's it's ridiculous. Well, I think we're starting to see really the dramatic shift of like work from home culture, where 
I know people are saying, oh, well, I'm going to Toronto, but that might not even really be the case because a lot of these buildings that are unoccupied right now, and you think about all these even like fitness centers and gyms that are inside buildings that actually require, like they needed people to be in the building to you know operate. Like, so like Toronto Athletic Club and all these different places, they had members that were basically people that work there every single day. And now yeah. they're working from home. So all these separate businesses are all, again, these tech companies that are all downtown, they're all reevaluating, okay, do we actually need to lease out two floors of the Toronto Dominion building for however much it is a month Uh-oh. anymore, right? You know what I mean? Like when half of our staff is not even allowed in the building right now. So we're going to see a shift sooner or later. And then everybody's going to start to either shift downtown to, or like down to like Welland or all of these other locations as well. Did we lose oh, Kevin? Uh, Kevin's frozen. He's, Kevin's frozen. He looks very like very studious serious, right now. Right? <laughs> very serious. Very serious. I'm going to screenshot this. Very studious. Like. But yeah, you mentioned it as, uh, as we're trying to get Kevin Mann's back. Um, I think it, I think it's also just – it's been a paradigm shift for a while because I think there were – if you look at like pre-COVID what was happening – Oh, we got you back. Me. I, I oh, don't know what happened there. You froze. You were, you were actually stuck in the camera like oh, – With a stupid look on my face? Make sure that gets yeah, out there. I, I oh, screenshotted it. I screenshotted it. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> look, at, look at Kevin Manns with his flycatcher open. Uh, <laughs> So uh, I don't know if you caught it, but Aaron was saying that like, there's been basically like a paradigm shift in like, I think it's been sped up, especially with COVID, but I think oh, we're yeah. already going in the direction of working from home. And cause like my, like my wife, for example, she has, uh, she has like, you know, design jobs and everything. All of her work, just all she needs is a laptop and yeah, like, she, can, and she can work anywhere. Mobile workplaces. That's the key. Like, like my wife, my wife works at a chemical company in HR and she's been working from home since March. And they like, it's been great. She goes to the office like once a week and the company saves so much money, like heat, hydro, all that stuff. Like this plant has like a hundred thousand dollar a month hydro bill. Like every little bit they can save is going to help. Right. And companies are realizing that. And you're going to see, I think you're going to see commercial real estate plummet. It's not lease rates. All It was just good for guys like us who dream of owning, you know, jujitsu academies in, in nice places instead of basements and, warehouses and you know things like that right like industrial units and stuff we're going to be downtown window front you know sweaty dude for people watching through the windows right (laughs) so i think that's that's a really good segue kind of like talking about it because that's the reality i mean like it's gonna happen but also when you look at like a place like yours like like how did you even like come into the concept of like okay hey i want to i started jujitsu i want to start to own my own academy where did that journey kind of start for you? So crazy thing. So like <clears throat> jujitsu started for me really pretty funny. So I was in the military and I was a warrant officer and I had transferred from Hamilton. I grew up in Burlington and my wife and I had moved to the Niagara area to work. And I, um, I changed units. I started parading in St. Catharines and one of my young soldiers was like, Hey, warrant, you're getting kind of fat. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) like, yeah, man, like I got a beer belly. Like what the hell? I'm like 194 pounds. I'm, you know, like I went from like this pinnacle of fitness as a sergeant to like this desk jockey warrant that was just drinking beer all the time and sitting on his ass. Right. So, yeah. So he's just like, you come try this jujitsu thing. And I started jujitsu first night. I bought a gi, 
I bought no gi stuff. I bought gloves, like MMA gloves. I bought boxing gloves. Like I spent <laughs> 500 bucks, right? Like book, line, and sinker. So, um, yeah, I was training for a little while at a local gym in Welland. And, um, and one of the MMA fighters, he, me and him and I were just talking one day. And he's like, hey, I want to open a gym. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, like, I'm, I'm going to retire from the reserves. And I'm going to get a nice little bit of money. And maybe I'll like, I'll set you up and I just want to train for free and I'll help you teach and whatever. So we went around and we're looking at like commercial spaces and it was crazy. Like the money was absolutely insane. Like four, five, six, seven thousand dollars a month. Uh, in, plus, like, in rent? In rent, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And like but just, you know, I didn't want to more remortgage my house or like really like, you know, like lose my house if the business goes under I gotta put my house up. So um, my physiotherapist, he's like, Oh, I got a basement in Niagara Falls. And kind of we're like, eh, I don't know. And then, uh, well, we'll go check it out. And that was it. We're like, all right, let's go. And after about six months, my partner's like, yeah, we're not making any money. I'm going to go work for somebody else. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> what a, thanks. What a dirty crayonch. <laughs> <laughs> he's a great guy. He's a great guy. So he's a really good guy. Um, he now runs top team. Awesome dude. Like I got no ill will. It's the, it's actually the best thing that ever happened because like training with MMA fighters is a lot different than training with recreational BJJ guys. Like yeah. I, I love, I love MMA. I love watching the sport would never ever like, you know, when I started at 35 years old, I'm like, I'm going to be an MMA fighter, you know? Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know about I don't know about that career path at 35. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, a couple a uh, couple knee injuries, elbow injuries, torn SC joint. Like I'm like, yeah, this is yeah, not and that was only after like eight months of training. And I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna do MMA. Um, you know, and yeah, man, we just like it it just kind of took off. Like it just hit a certain point after about two years in business, and all of a sudden we had like like 80 students and for Niagara Falls, that's pretty good. There's 25 martial arts gyms there. So our kids program is, is, is massive. And then, uh, yeah, so it was just like a, a cool thing that kind of, you know, it sucked that he, that he left, but it was the best thing that ever happened next to Scott Jutra showing up, but that's another story. That is another story. Yeah. So like, let's go into like the transitions of, uh, so you started, Niagara BJJ in about 2015-ish, as you said. Yeah. Uh, what was kind of like the turning point for you to be to kind of like take things to the next level? Was it Scott specifically, or was there like another catalyst that? So, so like I was um like I just come back from from Purple Belt World Masters too, right? So I had all this like awesome hype. Hey man, I got a bronze medal, first first shot at like the the World World Masters, right? It's a big tournament for us old guys. We it's our glory days, right? You know, so. I was all pumped and excited and we were starting to build some momentum. We had about 10, 15 adults. Um, but the kids program was like, you know, only 12, 12, 12 kids. Um, and something just happened. Like as soon as kind of he left, I'm just like, okay, I'm not one to quit. I'm, I'm just going to bowl forward and see what happens. I don't care. I'm already invested. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do? I, I'm not going to just throw away all the money I spend on mats and renovations and stuff. So yeah, we just, uh, I just started bashing on Reggie. Reggie, my life partner, he came in. And, uh, <laughs> Shout out to Reggie, uh, Reggie Traver. Yeah, Reggie Traver, my life partner, right? I spend more time, I used to spend more time with him than my wife. So, um, 
yeah, like he did, he came in, started helping me teach the kids. His kids, his kids joined. My kids actually finally started doing jujitsu. And next thing you know, we got 35, 40 kids in the jujitsu program. And it just, it just flew. And then about, I guess it was about 2016, this, this guy, this young guy rolls in the gym and he's like, Hey, uh, I'm from Montreal. I couldn't remember who he was. We had met him in Montreal a couple of years. He was pretty unforgettable. So. <laughs> who, the, who the fuck is that guy yeah, yeah. So, reggie remembered him right away it took me a little bit i'm like oh yeah that's that purple belt that beat the crap out of us i'm like yeah i don't know if i want him here but uh he just came in to see like get the lay of the land he was going to brock and uh yeah and then all of a sudden he's like yeah i'll just stick and train with you guys because we were like hey man like we don't have any advanced guys we're pretty much me and reggie purple belts and uh, he, he just decided to stay and he's like, hey, I'll help you teach. And as he started helping us teach in the adult program. You know, like we started going around to open mats and people start talking, right? So, um, you know, people started coming in the door and our classes just started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And before COVID, we were up to like 140 something members. So, it, uh, amazing. yeah. Yeah, in uh, 2019, I, I got a call from a local like Japanese jiu-jitsu guy in, in Welland. And he's like, Hey, uh, you know, like I'm kind of at the end of my rope here. I'm not really into really into carrying this thing on. Do you want to take over my program? And I went in and there was like 25 kids, a couple adults. And, uh, we went in and in January, I think it was. And by the summer things were going really good. We'd added a bunch of adults. Um, Welland's a really cool market. Um, really good market. But yeah, we added uh, a bunch of adults and uh, the kids program just took off. The end of the summer, all the 20 kids that originally belonged to that gym quit. They just didn't like the Brazilian jiu-jitsu, they liked the Japanese jiu-jitsu. And from probably September to January, we, we got our kids program up to like almost 40 kids. It was, it was crazy because Welland is an awesome market. There's only one other BJJ gym in, in town and they charge an exorbitant amount of money and people come to us because we're, we got a good product and, and a good price. Right. So, and now we have a brand new facility, which is even better, which is, which is awesome. Cause people like new things. Right. So. Awesome. Talk about that. Uh, pump up your gym, you know, give it a, give it a talk about yeah, well, it a little bit. Like, how you got there. And like I said, my physiotherapist buddy, he owns generation sport and spine and he had a, he had a location in Niagara Falls and in Welland and he bought this, this old small engine repair building. And he's like, Hey, do you think we could, you know, turn this thing into a, a awesome jujitsu place and physiotherapy place. I'm like, yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> no problem, man. We'll, so yeah, we'll make it work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sure I can do it. So yeah, I just spent like the next, like two, almost two years just picking away. I went and demoed the place and me and my employees, we framed it all up. We, uh, we did a ton of work there over the two years and everything was going great. And then, uh, and then COVID happened and all the workers are like, all the workers that were doing the heating and air conditioning and drywall taping, they're like, nope, we're not working. And we're like, oh, like my lease is up in Welland. I'm like, we're scrambling. So Tony just, Tony, Tony had to shut his physio place down and the guy just like manned up, start painting, doing all the stuff himself. He just went in there every day and got it ready for us while I was out slubbing for other people's houses. So it was, it was pretty good. And now we have this, like, uh, I don't know if you've, you've seen the pictures, like seen the pics and the pics are awesome. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a, it's really like, it's really cool because of the amount of work that went into it. And, and, you know, like Reggie Scott and I, 
really pride ourselves on on being like really open to everybody like we we let everybody come in and you know like we love having big open mats and stuff like that so um the community in niagara has changed so much over the last five years like yeah, gringo you know we've been under gringo and now now evolves under gringo and there's another gringo affiliate coming in in kind of the quasi niagara hamilton area so it's really really gonna be cool that's a big 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 announcement coming up in a couple months too so it's awesome that's awesome i mean like especially so like how obviously we're transitioning and through this whole covid thing so how is like the students been reacting how the businesses in the area reacting how are you guys handling that so it's tough right because nobody like like typical government right nobody will give you the proper answer okay <laughs> like you call the you call the the city bylaw in niagara falls and you tell them so um we didn't want to open until there was contact so we're just like okay um the oja rules are you follow the steps and you have to clear it through your local ministry of health so i called the local ministry of health um <clears throat> uh i I know one of the guys that works there, I kind of passed on the OJA plan to him and I said, can you get them to review it? And they liked what we had, social circle grappling, like social circle drilling. So you and your partner who live in the same social circle are allowed to drill as long as you're, you know, like we follow all the protocols. Um, we, we're following all the steps. But when I called Niagara Falls, she didn't even want to cop, like the bylaw didn't even want a copy of the plan. They're just like, yeah, go ahead. Sounds good. <laughs> Do it. I think, I think also the issue is just based on the situation. It's like, let's say you call like your, your local Niagara health area or you call Peel public health. And let's say you talk to five people and you give five different people the same plan and they'll give you five different answers. One person yeah. will say yes. One people's one person will say, eh, is okay. Another person will say, hell no, don't do that. I think yeah. there's like, there's a lot of confusion. I think, especially like as a, as a small business owner, it's gotta be very frustrating based on like it, you know, who you're a, talking to. And it's obnoxious because the well and bylaw didn't want to, they're like, yeah, yeah, just call this number. And I called the number and it's the Ontario COVID business hotline. And I talked to some, mm -hmm. some customer service agent. She's like, yeah, sounds great. I'm like, so I can open. She's like, yep. I'm like, can I get a letter? She's like, no. I'm like, so I can just open. <laughs> She's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. So we open and, the, the only thing they say is like, if someone complains, and that's the, the scary part too, right? Because we all know how BJJ politics works, right? People don't like you coming into their town, opening a gym, like everybody tries to protect their own kind of business, right? So you're just worried about your competitors being like, hey, let's just call, randomly call bylaw on you. Hey, well, it's been happening, I think. It Gringo has been happening. Yeah. yeah. Gringo got called, um, it happened to Dan. It, really? Yeah, Dan Maroney, yeah. The guy had, people are just calling bylaw. I don't like what a bunch it, of scabs. Like that's just that. bullshit. Like everybody we're all in we're all in this together. Like that's always been my thing. So like when I started jujitsu, after like the first year or two, I wanted to train with other guys my own age. I wanted to train with guys I'd met at tournaments. I wanted to go roll at other gyms. And the gym I was at they were like, oh, you know, like, why are you going there? Like, do, is there something we're not doing for you? It's like, no, I just want to roll with my friends. You know, like, it's just, you know, like, it's just that culture of like, everybody, everybody in Niagara used to be so close, like keep their, keep all their students to themselves and stuff. And Ugh, now, mine, my yeah, section. <laughs> they're mine. They do not take, but now it's like, we, like, I, I pretty much will travel anywhere and 
and I will let anybody from any gym come roll. I don't want to steal your students. I just want, just, let's just roll. It's jujitsu. Let's just roll. And it's the same thing with business. You got your business model. I have my business model. And if you can't make it, then maybe you got to change your business model. Like there's no need in ratting everybody out and, and trying to destroy other guys' businesses and livelihoods, right? So that's no, just it's, it's It's a lose-lose situation, I think, for both people involved. Like what do you gain from – Hey, I'm going to call like, Oh, Kevin, uh, is, uh, is Jim there? He's, uh, fucking Kevin, man. Fuck that yeah, guy. Kevin man's guy. <laughs> Kevin man's guy. I'm sure I, I heard, I heard at Niagara BJJ, they don't even lift. So I yeah. think you should go in and <laughs> I think you should go in and, uh, I think that's a bylaw violation. Yeah, I think yeah. you want to check Kevin that one Mans out. Doesn't squat. <laughs> that's right. No, like the thing is like, um, it, it doesn't benefit the community because you know what's going to happen if all these guys start like ratting each other out and people start getting fine, you know what they're going to do? Shut everybody down. Even yeah, the yeah. ones, even the ones air quote following the rules. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's not good. We should all be working together and just like, like I'm trying not to like, you know, I'm just trying to keep it on the download. We're just, we're just training. We're following the rules. We're doing what we're told. And when they tell us we can roll, then we're going to murder each other. And that's all there is to it. Right now, we're just practicing murdering at each other. So it is, it is what it is, right? It, it, it's just a shitty situation because the Ontario government is different from the Quebec government. Like the Quebec government's opening up. And they have, like, probably the worst track record so far of all cases. So I don't understand why we're not following suit. Alberta's been open. BC's been open. They're not seeing a spike in it, right? So... I think overall, like Alberta, like Alberta, Saskatchewan, I think it's, it's less population dense. Yeah. I think, well, and also like the thing as well is you're, you're in Niagara and unfortunately like in Ontario, like the world revolves around Toronto. Yeah. So like basically like whatever happens in Toronto and we talked to some people and they made like points and I agree with this too. Like, let's say there's an outbreak in Toronto like in the in or like we'll just say Brampton because we've been taking on them constantly well like, they are the worst right now because the mayor goes they are the fucking worst buddies yeah he's, he's gonna have some beers after he's gonna have some Michelob ultra that's ultra right. light that's right with his hockey buddies didn't you see that he got caught he got caught yeah. going to play pickup hockey in the arena that's totally that stuff drives me nuts because it's like okay it's like okay we're gonna have a shutdown this is what we're gonna do but I'm special. I'm going to open up the hockey rink and I'm going to go play or it's, you know what? Like we're going to close, you know, like the hairdressers and all that yeah. because you know, we, we want to mitigate the spread. Okay. Contact. I totally get that, but I need a haircut. So I'm going to open it up privately, slip somebody yeah. some money. Yeah. Nancy Pelosi style. She just got busted for that. They say you follow. Oh, yeah, yeah. She got, she got pulled uh, with the face mask in the hair salon. And yeah. then the whole debate is like, the business is supposed to be shut down. So why are you even in the hair salon yeah. with a, yeah. without a face mask and with somebody else in the building? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a remember, remember, guys, the rules don't the rules apply to you unless you're a politician. Exactly. And it's, it's so true. Like, look at all the government and the people that travel on like they're traveling it. Um, not like, you know, flying on commercial jets and stuff or whatever, you know, taking, taking government jets everywhere, living the high life while we're, we're just here locked in our houses, making, making Instagram videos about our crazy kids all day. Like Aaron. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I was very bored. Okay. Hey, those were, you know what? Every day I tuned into those on coffee break, man. I'd be like, Oh, let's see what Aaron. Oh, you poor bastard, man. Crying exactly. kids and stuff. Like, yeah. I'm out here swinging. I should have, you know, what I should have did, man. Just called you, tell you to come down, work with me, swing a hammer for a little bit. 
I totally would have done it. Totally. <laughs> I'm like, great, if there, if there, if, if there is, if that, that does happen again, I'm coming down. Bring, that's it. I bring already, the hammer. That's it. I already got like the, probably like one of the most dangerous, like framing crews in Niagara. Cause I've got me, Scott and, uh, and another, and two other guys that do jujitsu that work for me. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm still waiting for someone to pick a fight with us, but it won't, ha- it doesn't happen. I don't know why. It'd be fun to watch Scott, like just nah. some guy on the construction site. So, you know, some union guys that come in, try to kick us out. You take a nail, you take, take a nail gun to them. Actually, I shot. It turns, it, it turns, in, it turns into like the good fellows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I shot Scott the other day. He was pissing me off, so I shot a nail on him the other day and got him in the calf. So, uh, yeah, he deserved it. it. So he deserved it. Yeah, as long yeah. as he deserved it, it's all warranted. Oh yeah, yeah. I, 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 dies, he dies. Yeah. <laughs> you know what though? I really do think that, especially like, if in case there is another issue, they have to figure out a better plan for the small yeah. businesses because yeah, absolutely, like. Because the biggest thing is, like, okay, fine. You want to shut big commercial gym down or, or whatever. I totally get it because it's a conjugation of a lot of people, right? And so it's, okay, Mike and I need to figure out plan B and kind of work from there. But decimating small businesses consistently, again, it can't happen. Because none of these businesses are going to be around. They've already gone through one. They can't shut yeah. down again. No, no, one can handle get, no one can handle being out of, out, out, like, their business closed for, for eight, ten months. It's impossible. Like there's no, no, I don't care what kind of business you have. You can't sustain that. No, like nobody has a year's worth of like rent, hydro, like taxes, that type (laughs) of type of money saved up in their personal bank account because they're waiting for their businesses to be shut down for a year. Also, yeah. Also on top of that, it's like, it's like there's personal like expenditures and there's also business expenditures as well. So a double whammy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like insurance, like, I don't know, like insurance isn't too bad for Brazilian jiu-jitsu. If you're not doing MMA, insurance is like between 750 and 1200 bucks a year. Right. Like, you know, um, that's not, that's not bad. That's a very, but it's the rent, it's the rent, the heat, the high, like I, when I was in my old place in Welland, the hydro bill or the the heating bill was uh, for the month was 80 bucks in the summer. And I never turned the heat on, but it's just, that's what you have to pay just to have the luxury of having gas connected to your building. Like yeah, it's, that's just the Enbridge yeah. bill. You just got to, okay, well, 80 yeah. bucks just to keep yeah, it. Just to keep them from, I don't know what it is. It's crazy. And hydro too, like hydro, I had a little, like the last place we were in Welland was pretty gross. It was just a cement, cement cinder block place. And we were only there like literally like maybe 10 hours a week. And the bills were like 250 bucks a month in the winter. Like for a small business, if you only got like 20, 30, 40 students just starting out that, you know, and you want to, if that's your regular job, that's a tough, tough go, right? 2,500 mm-hmm. a month in rent, insurance, hydro, all that stuff. You got to have 50 to hundred students just to make a living. Yeah. One thing, I, one thing I wanted to ask you, cause we're, you know, we're talking about the business of martial arts. I like to ask this to a lot of people as well that own gyms. Like what is some advice that you would give to somebody who's thinking about Oh, you know, opening up their own gym or school or martial arts school, like, cause you've done, you, you've owned a couple of them you've been involved in some, so. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Like I'm fortunate, right? Like I have like, you know, like my wife and I have done well for ourselves. My wife has a good job. I have a good, I have a construction company too. Right. So I'm, I'm out there working like, you know, it's not easy for some people like, you know, like I, I'm an energizer bunny, you know, like I'm, I'm up at six in the morning. I go to work, I work all day. I'll leave work at four o'clock. 
I go home, I quickly shower, I grab my kids, I go to the gym, I teach till, you know, three, ni- three nights a week, I teach till like nine o'clock at night, Saturdays all day, you know, like, it, it's a tough business. And um, I would say like, if you're going to do it, try, try to mitigate your expenses. If you want to last, try to like start out in a smaller space and build, you know, like even if you're there for a year until you get enough students and you start making enough money to get into a nicer facility, but everybody likes these big flashy, they want to move into these giant facilities, just start in an industrial area, build your following and then, and then work from there. Cause that's what we did. And now we're in a gorgeous facility. Right. And it took five years, but Hey, I, I never lost a dime. I, I'm lucky. I never lost a dime in martial arts. Never. And no, that's, I I, that, that's a perfect thing. You, you said it was like dream big, start small and just move. Yeah. Right. And that's a, the big thing you want to start doing. And it's, you said it's roll with your passion, but you don't have to go huge all of a sudden. And because now you're not making any money and you're kind of like, you lose that passion if you're in the dumpster. The whole yeah. Time. Nobody wants to work for free. Right. You don't yeah. want to, you don't want to work for free. You can't pour your blood, sweat and tears into a business and not make any money because you're just going to resent it. And, and, and it's funny because, you know, like my last, my last couple of years in the army, you know, like I tried to pour so much into the military, into the army reserves for so long. And, you know, like I, I saw the fruits of my labor when I was a sergeant and, and I had a keen group of young guys and I had a keen group of other sergeants and, and master bombardiers around me. And then like the last couple of years, it's like, Oh, I just can't do this anymore. Like there's no, there, you know, now I'm sitting behind a desk. Now I'm the, the guy that the soldiers only see when they're in trouble, you know, like that's, no fun, <laughs> right? that's, that's the ass. Like I'm a good asshole, but like, yeah, you don't want to be the asshole. You don't want to be that, that guy that the troops, when they go see they're shit in their pants. Cause you're going to yell them, you know, jack them up, you know, and, and give them shit for something. But I mean, in, in martial arts is like that. Like you don't want to be the guy that goes in the gym and has no energy because it's not, you know, and it's, it's human nature. It's human nature. If you're not, you know, it could be your passion, but after spending two years losing money every month or, you know, making 200 bucks, you're not going to, you're not going to put out a good product. That, 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 that's, that's just my opinion anyways. You know, um, I feel bad for a lot of these guys who this is their sole income and this is their life and their livelihoods are at stake. And if we go into another lockdown, like, who wants to take 40 grand from the government? I don't want to take 40 grand from the government because you know what's going to happen? They're going to audit you and they're going to find something and yeah. they're going to get that 40 grand back. Oh, yeah. Pretty oh, much. I know. I know. I've had CRA after me. They want their money quick. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, yeah. like, yeah, it's a great thing. Yeah, give me 40 grand. I only got to pay 30 grand back. Oh, but, you know, you can't, like for my construction business, you can't buy new equipment. You can't. You can't invest in your business. It's got to it's pay like wages. 70, 77 pages of fine print yeah, that you have yeah, to go through. Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't, and I don't trust the guy. I, I am like a total libertarian. I don't trust the government. I don't like, if you, if you run for politics, it's because you suck in the civilian world. You can't <laughs> fucking do anything else. Like, okay. So I got, I got to ask you. Um, okay. So we're talking, we're talking about like small business and, what would you, okay. So you have, you basically, you have two businesses. You have a construction company. You also, you're running a martial arts school as well. What would you like to see like the Ontario government, the local government, the federal government in this situation? Like, what would you like to see them do? Or what would you like to see them do more for small business? I mean, everybody, everybody always falls back to the government has to give us more money. That's, 
No, the government doesn't have to give us money. They just, the government's job is to set the conditions for us to make money. And that's what the government has to do. Cut the red tape, you know, give us tax breaks. Like, don't, don't bribe us with our own tax money. Just give us a tax break. Like, for every month you're closed, you should get like, a, you know, you should get to keep the HST when you open. Maybe give us like an HST break. So, you know, like if you're taking in a thousand dollars a month in HST on your business, from your students, maybe let us keep that for a little while. How's that? Like something, something that's, that's more pro instead of, you know, instead of just offering us low interest loans or letting us borrow our own money, essentially. And then, ba and then basically go into more debt to try to keep yeah. things afloat. And then you're still paying HST and then you got to borrow more money if there's another shutdown. And then yeah. guess, guess what? Your, your kids are going to be paying for this in like the next 10, 20 years. Exactly. So just give us like, the government needs to give BJ like martial arts owners clear directive. Like it's not fair. Like Taekwondo karate, they can do their martial arts without contact. You can break boards and do all that that cool stuff. Yeah, I've been watching Cobra Kai too. That's oh, such a good show. Uh, anyway, hey, it's a good hey, show. Fantastic show. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, yeah, so like, just give us, give us a way to make money on our own without take. We don't need to get taken care of. We just need, we just need you to get out of the way and let us do our job. Right. That's the true libertarian. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think it's fair. more than fair. Like, if there's an outbreak, okay. If there's an outbreak, you close your gym. You find out what happened and, and, and like in the army, I always say like lessons learned, right? Like you, 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 you can, we can build on keeping everybody safe, but you can't shut us away from a sport that we love. You know how many guys are probably sitting there like so depressed because you can't, you know, you can't go roll with your buddies and grapple. Like grappling has been a lifesaver for me. It's, it's totally changed my demeanor as a person. Like I was just a miserable, crusty old fat warrant officer in, in the army and and like now, now you're a crusty old fat warrant officer who now does jujitsu. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, now I just do jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now I just do jujitsu, but it makes me happier, I guess. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But like, that's the thing. Like, jujitsu, jujitsu, like, I always tell people when they come in the gym, like, yeah, jujitsu is great for fitness. But if you're here, if you're here just for fitness, it's probably not the thing you should go do CrossFit. Like, Jiu-jitsu is, is about like especially like coming from a, um, a military background the brotherhood in jiu-jitsu is just like the army right like there's there's nothing like the, the, the army and jiu-jitsu and, and policing and firefighting that's the brotherhood sisterhood whatever you want peoplehood can i have to say people people kind. Yeah, you, have to, you might want to say that you never know we, we we've almost been canceled already so <laughs> yeah you should say that some blue-haired lefty with thick Coke bottle glasses call the <laughs> call the government on you. Call the CRTC, the censorship. Uh, that's, <laughs> yeah, a, that's, a like, whole, that's a whole story. I'll tell you <laughs> a later. whole story in itself. <laughs> that's I gotta hear it now. So, but yeah, like jujitsu is about brotherhood, and it's a it's about mental health. Like it, it just you know, like you meet you meet all kinds of people in jujitsu. Like you meet those weirdos that you would have probably like never hung out with or talked to. In, in in your regular everyday life but on the mats they're like yeah it's everybody's a everybody's your friend on the mats like even that aggressive overly aggressive smelly guy that like you know named aaron gall yeah that guy. <laughs> i don't know if well, he smells I, but listen i was just gonna say like listen i had to hire mike 
because I needed bodies, right? And so basically I just hired Mike just for the sake of it. And then I found out he did jujitsu and then we ended up rolling and now I can tolerate him. So it kind of works out. So I understand what you're saying, right? So it's just those people that you wouldn't like and now all of a sudden you do and, like them. I need bodies. Mike, yeah, and Mike is one of those odd guys. He's an acquired taste. He's, he's a little bit different, you know? He's got that sense of humor that sometimes I have to stop and think, was he just making fun of me? <laughs> making fun of me, but I don't know if he was making fun of me. So you know, he's one of those. Is he guys. actually? Is he actually serious? Is he not? <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, like it's my sense of humor. I have a very odd sense of humor. Hey. I just fucking roll with it now. I love it. I love it's it. Who, it's awesome. It's, it's awesome. who I am. I, I'm not judging people at this yeah. point. Nope. But like you, you mentioned something because. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, doesn't color what color your skin you are, doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is, male, female, no, no. gender neutral, it don't matter. You, you do jiu-jitsu, everybody, everybody's a brotherhood. You're rich, you're poor, middle class, upper class, lower class. I had a guy come in my gym. Um, I had five guys come in the gym in Niagara Falls one night. Um, there, there's a school behind our gym in Niagara Falls. It's like an adult learning school, right? Um, for people to get their, their high school education or whatever. And a couple guys came in and um, they were, they were cool guys, but I, I think most of them lived in a halfway house. I think they were just out of, you know, recently out of, um, out of prison and they were, they were pretty cool guys. And one guy, one guy, he was super nice. He came back, a, amazing guy. Um, and really shy, quiet, but like, like you could just get a good vibe from him. He was a nice guy. And then I found out what he did. I won't say what he did, but I found out what he did and spent 11 years in prison for. And it shocked me. I was just like, wow. But, and he came, was really upfront about it. He told me, like, he's like, I'd love to train, but, you know, like, I'm, I'm out on parole and I'm going to get an ankle bracelet. And, um, but this guy was the nicest guy. And, and, and what he did was shocking to me. Like, I can't believe he did it. But, you know, like, and, and I believe everybody's redeemable. And I said to him, like, look, when, when, when you get that thing off, man, like true. And, and I have police officers in my gym and I always talk to them and, and I always ask their advice, like about guys like that. Cause Niagara Falls is pretty small. All the cops know the mm -hmm. criminals that come, come through the gym and stuff. I used well, to there, go, there goes David going for an Achilles lock again. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, but yeah, like, and, and, but the guy was like truly a nice guy. And, and, and I just told him when it's over, man, you're welcome back here, buddy, because you know what? Everybody deserves a fresh start. Everybody deserves jujitsu. Like jujitsu is not for rich people. It's not for poor people. It's for good people, you know? And, and if you can be a good person um, on the mats, then, then that can translate outside of jujitsu. I know that's kind of cliche or whatever. And it, it sounds kind of cheesy, but I didn't mean it to sound so cheesy, but that's truly how I feel about it. So, um, I'll let, I'll let, you know, I've, I've let kids who are underprivileged kids, like young guys who are in their twenties that have had a rough life, come in the gym, train for free. You know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose with those guys, but they're, they're, they're nice guys. They just got problems, right? Mm -hmm. Just got problems. So especially like through, you know, again, all your travels and all the people that you've met, when you look at like, even how did, like, what are some like, with it competitions or is it more just being on the mat? Like, where do you find you kind of like your niche? Is it more when you're teaching your competition floor, going to competitions, meeting new people? Um, I, I love, like I'm a social butterfly. You can you ask Oscar, Oscar calls me the pool. Oscar calls me the, 
Oscar DeWitt calls me the pool ranger in Vegas because, like, I'm just, like, <laughs> the social butterfly. I'm, like, everywhere talking to everybody. And, and like, you know, I'm, like, I'm, I'm like a vegan or a CrossFit guy. I always talk about jiu-jitsu. I'm always promoting jiu-jitsu to people. Like, you know, like, whether it's just, like, you know, I, I remember I had a couple – went to a restaurant, <clears throat> and there was, like, three, three young boys, like, goofing around the bathroom, like, trashing the bathroom. And I'm, like, hey. I'm, like, you know – I'm like, you guys better get an attention boy when you talk to me. But yeah, so I like, went out there and their mom's waiting in the hallway. She's like, oh, were my boys being bad? I'm like, yeah, you should bring them to Niagara PJJ and I'm going to teach your kids some discipline and some jujitsu. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, and it was great. They signed up. It was awesome. So yeah, like when I, when I, I like going to other gyms, like, you know, like I, um, Reggie and I went to Vegas to Cavalcante is the first time in 20, 13 we went down for the Vegas Open met a bunch of really awesome guys at at Cavalcante and I still talk to them on Facebook every time we go to Vegas or big tournaments those guys are there high five knuckles how you doing bro um I remember in 2018 we went on like a great bender from like Thursday to Sunday we were just like <laughs> right so Scott Scott the young guy wants to go grapple on Sunday and Reggie and I are just yeah. I know, right? In Vegas, wants to grapple. So we go to Carlson Gracie in Henderson, and Hamulo is a good guy. And we met Hamulo way back at Cavalcante's. And, you know, Carlson Gracie Jr. was there. It was cool. He's just sitting on the side, waiting for Hamulo to take him to the airport. And so it's just Hamulo, right? At the moment, it's like Hamulo, the black belt, and this like little blue belt kid, like 16 year old kid, but he weighs like 225 pounds. So it's like me and Scott, Reggie's in the corner. I think he was puking in the bathroom or something. Um, no mood to grapple. So I'm like, you know what, Scott, you, you roll with the black belt. Like I'll, I'll roll with this little blue belt. And the black belt guy <laughs> is like, he's just shaking his head. He's like, that was the wrong move, man. Wrong move, buddy. This kid beat me pillar. T- I can't even remember the kid's name. He beat the, he tapped me out like four times. Just kept taking my back and bow choking me. And I felt like, uh. a yeah, I was just like, <laughs> This is, I'm a brown belt. I'm getting destroyed. Carlson Gracie Jr. is laughing at me. And then it's, like, <laughs> it's brutal. It's brutal. And Hamulo, like, you know, Scott's, everybody's laughing at me. I'm like, oh, man, I should have picked the black belt. I probably would have had a lot better, you know. But the kid two months later won Nogi Pans. So we're, like, adults so, or whatever. Oh, the guy, was, the guy was a beast probably. Yeah, just a savage. And But it's awesome. Like, you, you make lifelong friends in jiu-jitsu. Like, you know, and like I said, it's just like the army. I have my army buddies. I still talk to. I try to see them as much as I can. You know, but jujitsu is the same thing. Like you just meet people everywhere you go. You know, it's the biggest thing. I think it's the social interaction. And I think like no matter how many Zoom classes you do or like you know you're training at home, I think that's the big thing for yeah. me that I've been missing is just like you go train and you're just you know shooting the shit after. Like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. social. It's it's like those old buzzards at Tim Hortons and McDonald's sitting in the parking lot with their lawn chairs every morning drinking coffee, reminisce about the good old days at Atlas Steel. Like you know, <laughs> but it's, it's true. true. It's true though. Like because I remember, like even if it's a shitty training session or if it's just like a great one, right? You can sit yeah. down, you stretch, you talk, you have a beer or whatever, right? Like yeah. those, and sometimes like- <laughs> What training sessions do you guys go to? You know, I, I like to have a couple of things. You know, beer? Man, that's like a staple of Niagara BJJ after an open mat. We, someone brings a case of beer and we sit and drink beer out. 
Yeah, you don't go, go open match. Like, yeah. and that's the I don't thing. open like, match. I just, I just don't go on a bender after. That's all. No, man. Is that like four or five beers? That's not much. Tall cans. That's not too bad. <laughs> I would have like four or five drinks. I don't have a problem. Vince Matei used to always call us degenerates. He's that's his favorite word. He's like, yeah, you guys are just a bunch of degenerates. And I'm like, yeah, pretty much, pretty much, just a bunch of just do degenerates. I like to drink beer. So, yeah, it's good. That's the camaraderie. Excellent. So, um, Mike had a question down here. It's like, why do you love Justin Trudeau so much? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, he's handsome. More handsome than me. Right? He has a great head of hair. Yeah, and I'm losing my hair, so. But, you know, um, man, that guy, like, when he got into politics in 20 – I knew this was going to come up because Mike told me he wanted to talk about <laughs> But the guy is just, like, man, like – so this is what kills me about like the left political left. They rally against like white privilege. Um, the, you have elected the epitome of white privilege, like the epitome. This guy has never had a real job and now he's our prime minister. He's done nothing. He's a moron. He's not even like, he's, I'll admit he's articulate. Like he can speak well. He's much more well-spoken than I am. I could barely, you know, garble a few sentences together without dropping the F-bomb, right? So, um, but yeah, he's just, he's just a total idiot. And, and, and we've proved, like, I mean, you see it, like how he's handled this whole thing. We're going to be a trillion dollars in debt. And uh, yeah, we're going to be paying for it. Our kids' kids are going to be paying for it. So yeah, I, I just, oh, he just bugs me. His dad bugged me when I was <laughs> he's just so He's just so smug. I know, it's awful. It's awful. And I truly believe he is Fidel Castro's son. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> I truly believe it. Coincidence. You know, now, now we're going down the rabbit hole. We're look, We're in the looking glass here, people. We're in the looking glass. My wife's like, remember you're a business owner, Kevin. Watch what you say about people. I'm like, ah, I think most people, that shit. Know, <laughs> most people know me by now. I'm going to tell you the truth. Like the truth, like, you know, Truth bombs, I don't know. If, like That's what I love about Reggie. Reggie will never bullshit me. He will tell me, like, Kevin, you're an idiot. Kevin, you sh- you- yeah, man, no, dude, don't say that. He, you know, he's <laughs> he'll, he'll let me know when I'm being a douchebag, right? So it's, it's good. Reggie keeps me in check. So, and now Ke- I got- That's why he's your life partner. Kevin, that's let right. me drive you home. He takes yeah. care of you. Yeah. Yeah. He, tucks, he tucks you in after like a 2-4. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a little bit of, he's a bit, well, I can't say, I can't say it because his wife might be listening. So Reggie doesn't drink at all. Doesn't drink at all. Yeah. Yeah, completely sober. But no, I I love my I love it watching Facebook when there's rants going on, and then you start chiming in, and then some jackass starts chiming. In. Oh, it's amazing! I just I, love Facebook rants now. Yes, you know I, mean? like, I love I just getting people going. I love. I just. I don't want to get involved because, like, I think like there's there's I think you can agree as well. There's so much nonsense on like the right side of the political spectrum oh, and there's so much huge. nonsense on the left side of the political spectrum. And then yeah. and there's everything comes together and I'm just sitting there like eating popcorn, just hanging oh, out. Man, <laughs> I, I love posting things just to hear other people's opinions and know who I want to be friends with. It's like, yeah, okay, you're good. I won't even comment. I just re I just post something, maybe throw a little something in there to get the conversation going and just watching people go to battle, you know, like, yeah. oh, uh, I love is, it. 
it's good. Like some people are so articulate, and then you get like the ne- the knuckle dragging Neanderthals, like you're a fucking moron, man. Oh, you're an idiot. Like they have nothing to the conversation but to insult people. And but like some people have some great views, man. And and you have to accept. Like people think I'm this crazy right winger. I'm like <laughs> not even close. Like like not even close. Like I'm a total Gu- like I said, guns, freedom, Niagara Falls. <laughs> yeah, like I love guns. I'll admit I love guns. I think everybody should own guns. I, I you know, but like when it comes to other things, like man, welfare is a necessity. Like unemployment's a necessity. Taking care of people less fortunate, but. But to me, those things should be done by your community, right? You're raised, like it takes a village to raise children, right? Like it takes, that's the way Canada used to be. Like, like when my grandparents immigrated here from Holland, they had to have a sponsor, right? They had to have a sponsor, they had to have a job lined up and the community took care of them. The community, the Dutch community here in Canada took, took my grandparents in and they like, you know, the Dutch church is huge, right? They're, you know, well, pr- pr- pretty much because everybody has like eight kids, but you know, like, there's <laughs> <laughs> nothing else to do back in like the thirties. No, no, no. Like, you know, I went to school with kids who had like 12 siblings, right? Like yeah. it was crazy, but, but they took that community took care of each other. And I, I don't, you don't see that as much anymore where, where certain, like communities don't, they don't come together to take care of people. They just expect the government to do it now. And it's the government's fault because the government taxes you so much. People are like, I'm tapped out. I, I, you know, or, Hey, the government will give that person welfare. But you know, like I grew up in low income housing. Um, you know, that's just the way it is. Like growing up in there, you just see how people can just abuse the system when, you know, if the government's not there, the community is going to sort those people out. They're not going to be able to abuse the community because everybody knows them, not just some bureaucrat that writes checks and mails them out to you every month. Right. So, but that's definitely. So you're, so you're a big like Thomas Locke philosopher. Everybody's got to like take care of one another kind of thing. And if yeah. like left without government, everybody will get together, sing kumbaya, look out for each other, trade. It probably, it probably won't happen. <laughs> Wouldn't be nice, but it, but I mean that's not going to happen because people are people and most people nowadays are inherently selfish, right? Like you know, it's, it's a me first act. And I admit I'm selfish. I want to take care of my kids and my. Oh no, absolutely. That's not selfish. That's like you gotta no. look. Yeah, you, you need to look out for. I think you know yourself first before you can start. You know, like helping out other people. Yeah, but I mean, like even me as a business owner, like I've hired guys. Like I've given. Like you know, I, I've had. I've had. You know, people tell me, hey, like, hey, my dad's out of work. Like, could you? And, and I'll just hire guys. And and even though I don't need them, you know, like everybody needs a helping hand, right? So the, even if the guy works for me, hey, can I just get work for like two, three weeks? Sure, man, come out. I'll pay you 17, 18 bucks an hour to work or whatever. Just help me out. Right. Like, um, I think a lot, like, especially in, that doesn't happen in the corporate world, but it happens in small business all the time where, you know, you, you, you help out people like local people that need a little help. Right. And, and that's the way it should be. Small business is the, the generator of wealth in Canada, not these big corporations, but the government, you know, Justin Trudeau, that's another thing. He said it himself, small business owners. They're, the only reason why they do it is to, to not pay taxes. Right. Like something or words to that effect, something like that. And that, that's why it drives it, me nuts. And also, if you're looking at most of the money that has been dished out in North America during COVID, a, I would say overwhelmingly large majority of it is going to, I would say, the businesses that don't necessarily need yeah. it, like the Amazons yeah. of the world, the Apples of the yeah. world. They're going to be fine long term. It's yeah. 
the mom and pop stores, it's the jujitsu gyms, it's the restaurants. Those are the ones that are going to be yeah. suffering through this. Yeah. Like martial arts, martial arts gyms are like, it's tough, right? Like you, you figure like, like right now we're going through a phase where we don't, we didn't have last year. We didn't have a lot of white belt kids, right? We have this amazing group of like, like, like teen kids, but what happens to kids when they're 15 and 16, 17, they all quit jujitsu. Not like yeah. the odd one. They all start thinking well. different things. Yeah. So like martial arts is such a cyclical thing. You could have a gym with 200 students and within three, four years, you could be down to a hundred students just because you kind of, you know, like you just not getting the inflow or, or times are tough. Like running martial arts is, is a, is a rough go, man. It's, it's not, it's not all it's cracked up to be, but it can be very lucrative. Like when you got the, you know, like the Toronto BJJs and the, and the gringos and, you know, like those, those guys have put, put a lot of work into building their brand. Right. And, and I mean, all the power to them, but you know, that's a big city in small cities. It's, it's small towns. It's hard to, hard to make a living teaching martial arts. Right. Well, I think what you mentioned too is also, you got to find your niche. You got to find what's good for you and what works in your community. And then also, again, exploit that and keep working with it. And how do you be creative and how do yeah. you keep being ahead of the curve to the next step? Because if you, again, if you, like you said, there's going to be lofts and goes, okay, how do you adjust to that next phase and how do you yeah. move forward? And, and again, what I've seen from a lot of different, um, clubs and people who we've been talking to how creative they've had to get and that's a good thing where they've started getting a little bit more creative as far as how they run their businesses moving yeah. forward especially if something else happens so yeah and i think especially places that didn't do that or didn't do their homework at least yeah they're gonna they're gonna suffer right yeah oh yeah like i know danny like i've been talking to danny i talked to danny a little bit i've been talking to a lot of the other club owners. like when this all happened it was crazy like we were gonna close the kids class for march break anyways Cause we just like, I had a lot yeah. of work coming up. I wanted to do, you know, um, I, you know, like I, I probably lose money from, from my construction business by not, by leaving early to go to jujitsu. Right. So <laughs> I was like, you know what, March break, we'll shut the kids class down. I'll work a couple extra hours just to make some money. Cause we got this new facility opening and I want to put some more, some more effort and money, money into that. Um, and then COVID happened and I'm like, you know what, let's shut the adult classes down too, just in case, let's just see where this goes. And people, like I made the announcement on Facebook and people were messaging me like, hey, like, you know, do you know something we don't know? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I just got a hunch this is going to be something weird. And, it, and then all of a sudden, like within three or four days, everybody's just closing their doors. Boom. Everybody's yeah. shutting down. And then I'm thinking, oh, this will pass in a month. And then like two months, three months. That's... And you're just like, you know, like I canceled everybody's, I was fortunate. My lease ended in the Welland location right mm. when COVID happened. Well, that's good. So, so you, you, oh, that's good. So you weren't like on, on the hook for like some exorbitant, like five year deal, no. which, which has happened to a lot of yeah. you know, owners, unfortunately, where, and a lot of, you know, commercial people are, some of them, you know, like they're also like doing this as an investment and they're, they yeah. want to work with people and try to like, Hey, like let's figure out a plan. Or unfortunately there's some that are just like, you know what? F you pay me. Yeah. And, and the landlords are landlords. It's funny. Like you, you got, there's landlords with a social conscience. There's also landlords with a business sense. Like why would I kick someone out who's paying me $6,000 a month for the next 10 years? Um, because they can't pay their rent for three or four months during a pandemic. Right. Yeah. Like there's lots of good business, like lots of good real estate or <clears throat> commercial real estate guys out there like that. 
but there's some that they can't afford it. They're like, Hey, pay me my money or, you know, you might as well just get out. Right. Um, which is everybody's in a tough situation and, and it all depends what your financial situation. I was lucky. Um, for the, the whole last year of 2019, I didn't pay myself. I just paid my instructors. I don't pay I didn't pay myself. I saved money to, to help build the new gym. My construction business financed the new gym. Um, <clears throat> You know, my wife didn't like that too much. I wasn't really taking home too many paychecks in construction. So, but it was, it, it's all for the future, right? It's all for the future. I'm 46 now. I plan on like, you know, 15 years. I'll probably just like turn the business over to one of the young guys in the gym that, you know, that's worthy of running, running the facility. I'll go there and be like, uh, like uh, Marcus Soros, just sit in the corner, reading the newspaper, look over, you know, Hey kids, uh, you're not doing that right. Fix them. And, do whatever yeah, and then you go do something else <laughs> yeah yeah so but yeah like i mean like it, it's gonna be challenging coming up like if the second wave hits i think it's gonna be that's gonna that's gonna close some more doors like there's some big gyms like you know pure cro closing in hamilton was a tough one like you know pj's an awesome guy and he's got some really amazing students there and it's just too bad that yeah, he's had, he's had some really terrible luck, like the pandemic, uh, be, being forced to close. And then he had a flood on top yeah. of that once he was able to, to start reopening. So it was just a domino effect of just. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's, and it's, and Hamilton's, Hamilton's a tough, like Jeff Jocelyn's got his stuff locked down in there. Like Jeff Jocelyn's got a great club there. He's got lots of students. He's been, he's like a staple. You know, if you grew up in Hamilton, everybody knows who Jeff Jocelyn is, yeah, right? Yeah, they all so, know Jeff. It's a hard market in Hamilton, and 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 there's a, a there's great gyms. Hamilton's got some great gyms, and it's just too bad because because Pure was one of them, right? So, um, yeah, it's it sucks. Um, and and I, I don't think commercial rent's very cheap in Hamilton. I'm sure it comes no. at a, at a good price. You know, it's not like Welland here, getting some industrial in it for two thousand bucks a month or whatever, right? So. Like I don't know what what rent rent would be in in a commercial unit in Mississauga, but I imagine it'd be a lot. A lot. Yeah. You're, looking a lot. At, you're, you're looking at like twenty, easily like twenty, twenty five, thirty dollars a square foot. Like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, if you want like storefront. Yeah. Yeah. Like fifteen grand a month to me it does not sound like a fun time. That's a lot of bills to, you know. Like sometimes smaller is better. Like I I tell people that like sometimes smaller is better. You get like a small little like. You know, like uh, a small little basement place. If you got like, all you need is like 50 students. If, if you want to make a living in jiu-jitsu, 50 to 100 students, you just got to get 100 people to sign up to your gym, right? Um, you're paying 2000 2500 a month in rent. You're making a good living at 100 bucks a month, right? Like for each member. Um, you don't need these huge, massive, you know, 400, 500 student facilities unless you're in Toronto or or North York or Scarborough, you know, like those Mississauga, Burlington, maybe. Cause I can imagine the rent in Burlington be pretty damn expensive too. That's uh, but yeah, well, I, I think, I think it's going to be an opportunity, especially like with people like subleasing, right. Mm -hmm. Where though, like, and the man, my people I've spoken to is like, it'd be suicide, like business suicide to try and open up your own spot right now on, yeah. a, on a new lease. Right. Absolutely. Where, if you're going to sublease, I would say, okay, maybe there's a better opportunity there doing yeah. that and maybe opening up, right? Depending on what the money flow is. In. And it, but that is so super like weird because I've seen like three, four new locations possibly opening in Toronto where wow. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> right. There's like, a lot of new, there's, I think like, like 
three Game or four Masters. gyms around like Yorkdale Mall alone, and like, like two or three of them are all brand new. I'm like, what the? Where are yeah. these they must have I'm like, the you're, they're like, not listening to the podcast. Like these fuckers need to listen to the podcast. Yeah, like, man, we're giving them some sage business advice, man. You know, like, yeah, it's it's tough. Like, like they must have money, right? Like you must. Have, that, they that's must the only have, thing I can think of. Yeah. Or, or someone with money backing them. That happens a lot too, right? You get some of these guys that, you know, some of these 40, 50-year-old guys that love MMA and they just want to get involved in the business somehow. So they put some money out for some 20-something-year-old to teach jiu-jitsu and, and MMA and stuff like that. You see that a lot too. But those places come and go pretty quick, right? Because nobody likes to – like I said, if you're just running an MMA gym and you can be successful just teaching, doing MMA, you're, you're my hero because – like MMA is a tough, tough business. And I've seen MMA gyms where their fighters just all bail at once. And the guys just left, like what happened to my program? You know, he had like a stable of like 15 fighters and all of a sudden everybody just quits and goes somewhere else because that guy teaches, you know, MMA fighters are, they're kind of selfish and they have to be, I, I don't, I don't fault them for it. Cause if I was an MMA fighter and I wanted to make a career out of fighting, I'd be as selfish as hell. Right. Because you know, like, I want the best Muay Thai instructor. I want the best wrestling instructor. I want the best boxing coach. I want the best jujitsu coach. So I think MMA is one of those things like you have to travel a lot to get the best yeah. training and you have to go to a lot of different gyms to get like, you need to yeah. go to like a, like a good boxing gym. Yeah. Like look at GSP. Like he's going like TriStar yeah. and he's going to like Henzo's and then he's doing boxing with Freddie Roach. And then he has like a Muay Thai guy in, in New York city. And then like, yeah, well, like he just him as a, and then he's going to Jackson's as well. Like yeah, for training five, or, five or six, like top quality yeah. places to train for. And one is just like one. Yeah. And then on to also on top of that, if he's traveling, he's going to other gyms, he's training. You, yeah. I think you almost have to in MMA to, to get, you need to go to a lot of different places to get like a little bit of everything. And then you got to put it together mm -hmm. where jujitsu wise, like, you, you can go to open mats and I love going to open mats as well, but like, you know, it's, you can get good and you can get good quality training in like one hub and one place. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you guys, how, where you guys or how you guys kind of started. Out. I know you were, you were, you started at Dan's gym. You started with Dan. Still am. Still, Still am. am. Still yeah, am, baby. See, like, but, but that's amazing. See, like you, you, you got to start and train under a black belt. I never saw a black belt on the mat until like, I went to a, a seminar in Niagara Falls and the black belt asked the black belt to roll and he threatened to break my arm. So <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know you couldn't ask a black belt I'm, to roll. As a I'm sorry. Female. I'm sorry, Kevin. My, my entire jujitsu career, I've been privileged because yes. I was able to train with a yeah, black, black belt. Privilege, I got black belt privilege. privilege. I'm privileged. You're privileged. But no, like, see, like, like, like Scott, Scott trained at 10th Planet in Montreal, and they were just like a bunch of teenage guys, like teen, like early 20s, late teens, and they just, everybody would travel and come back to that gym and share the knowledge that they learned, right? So, like, you know, like I started an MMA gym. I'm the, like, the, like, we were savages. Like, we used to beat the crap out of each other, and we used to crush it at tournaments, but, like, they were, they were mostly all young guys, and me and Reggie were, like, the 30-plus guys. And we wanted to go learn like more gi jiu-jitsu from, from, we wanted to learn something else. Our coach was a blue belt, purple belt at the time. So, you know, like, we're like, fuck, like we got to go somewhere else and just pick up techniques and bring them back. Right. Mm -hmm. um, 
And yeah, there's just, nothing there's nothing wrong with that. Like Yeah. And and it was awesome. Like we used to travel all over the place, learn jujitsu from other people, go to sem- like pay for seminars, do all that stuff and just bring it back and and Sunday open that we would just disseminate all the information, you know? And and it was so cool. But like there's something to be said about having like a black like a black belt instructor. And when Scott came, he was a brown belt, but he got promoted to by Kyle Terra like a year after he was with us. And then that's when my jujitsu, like, you know, like I used to be like pretty, pretty basic, pretty simple. And Scott, like Scott just showed me some really actually cool, just fundamental stuff that totally changed my jujitsu. And it was really awesome to actually learn from a guy who was so much like, like on another level from me. Cause like, I can't hold, have you ever rolled with Scott, Mike? I think I have a few times. Yeah. 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 I, I know Aaron has. Aaron yeah. Has. I don't want to talk about that. Didn't, it I didn't, got thrown into that. It didn't go well for him. Let's just put yeah, it no, that no, way. No, that's okay. Well. You know what, Aaron? I ducked you, man. Tony Isaacs asked me to have a super fight with you. I'm like, nah, he's too young. <laughs> <laughs> he's too young. Yeah, he's too young. He's too young. You're still so, in your 30s, man. That's it. Back, back to that Scott. Back to that High Scott match, though. though. Back, back to that Scott, though. Uh, that Scott match with Aaron. Um, I went to go get a cup of coffee. I turned around and then I missed the whole thing. Yeah, man, it was like a Mike Tyson fight, man. Like you know, you go to the bathroom and go. That's it. It's over. You know what? I was just starting getting back into competition training at that point. So fuck off. <laughs> Don't worry, we, man. Don't worry. Don't you, worry. You'll, you, get you, your, you'll get your chance to get him back at him. Man. Just get him laughing. Yeah. If you get Scott, Scott la- like, this is why I think Mike would do well. Because I remember, like, well, I remember, like, rolling with Mike, it, he just makes fun of you the whole time as he's, like, avoiding <laughs> everything you do. So, I remember like, Mike, had a, Mike had a super fight with, with, um, uh, from Buffalo. Oh, uh, was it Chris Robinson? Robinson. <laughs> and Mike just basically, like, like clown the whole time and i'm just like what <laughs> who is this guy like how does he not take jujitsu i was so mad afterwards i'm like chris that guy's a dick man he just like i was uh i guess as the kids say i was stunting on him yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly you were just like you weren't even taking the match seriously and you got him like you got him clowning around too and i'm like i'm like man like you got you guys were just pissed around like at then I was like this serious, like super serious jiu-jitsu guy. You don't, you don't, you don't fool around during a jiu-jitsu match, you know. Now it's just all. It's like it was like your military, your military experience kicked in. Like, hey, soldier, line up. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Stop talking. Keep your mouth shut. Let's go. Get the work done. Yeah, like I don't know. It was, uh, but yeah, like yeah. Scott's just um, man. Like I can't even like. I think I've submitted a guy like in the four years I've been training with him, like maybe four times. He just, he just beats me up so bad and laughs at me while he's doing it. He clowns me like you, you clown people, man. So yeah. But if you get Scott laughing, we have this kid that comes in like once every year, maybe twice every, maybe two, two times a year. And he's a big boy. He's like 220, 225. And he, I've actually seen him get Scott laughing and then triangle choke Scott and tap him out. So <laughs> just got to get him laughing. So that's, that's, right. a, that's the strategy. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah, Noted. There you go. just tickle them or something. <laughs> Try that. It's amazing. Yeah. What? No. Okay. You know what, my um, Kevin, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I know you got to go because you're at your brother-in-law's right now, and you promised an hour. Party. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna let you get back to that. Um, we do want to thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. 
we always want to give our guests like an opportunity to say shout out, whether it's sponsors, individuals, or let the floor happen to you. Yeah. Oh no, I just appreciate you guys. I know Mike's been bugging me for like a couple, couple, about two months now, and I just a busy. <laughs> like, hey, come on! And then he, he keeps big timing me. Like, yeah, yeah. Big I'm time. trying to get big time. you guys, man. You're not. They're not the Paul Federici uh, podcast that I want to. Go yeah, on. no, we're not there yet. We're trying, buddy. I, I just know I appreciate. We're getting, you guys. we're getting, we're getting close to him. We have about five followers listening to this right now. Oh yeah, perfect, man. Perfect. It's like the first seminar I did. There was like ten people there, man. So. Reggie was poking fun of me. He's like, look, no one's going to your seminar. I'm like, thanks, man. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. Um, uh, I, I, don't, I don't really have to plug. I don't have any sponsors. I'm an old geezer. I spot, you know, I, I, I give a shout out to Kings though. Best geese on the market. Love Kings. Uh, Fighters Market Canada. Uh, Jeff Santos always takes care of us at Niagara BJJ. So it's awesome, man. And I appreciate you guys. We need to have a podcast in the future with you, Reggie Scott. Oh, if there's alcohol involved, it'll be awesome. I mean, I you can, make, may, it, you can make it happen. I think we can make that happen. <laughs> it has to be. It has to be like after like a major event that happens. So, because there'll be some good stories, like a, a trip to a trip to Nashville for a tournament, or a trip to Vegas, or a trip to New York. Because there's always funny shit that happens on those trips with those guys. Yeah, oh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely like. I want to make sure, especially as when things kind of calm down, we're gonna start traveling and going to different yeah. clubs and do live podcasts. So that's yeah, kind of the plan yeah. in the future. So we'll definitely yeah. do that. That would be awesome, man. All right, guys, you guys have a great night. Have a thank great you so time. much. All right, thank cheers. you so much. Cheers. Thanks, thanks for coming on. Future uh, candidate for the Conservative Party of Canada, Kevin Mans. Thank you for thank you for coming on this evening. We appreciate wait, your time. Wait a second. I said politicians were useless in their civilian jobs. Is that what you're saying about me, man? Pretty much, yeah. All right. Oh. <laughs> no, no. Over? I mean, I mean, like you're you're saying earlier, like you're you're probably more. I think you're pretty qualified for uh, some of these some of these positions, and I think you've been working a lot more in the. <laughs> I think you have a lot more uh, real life experience than uh, I think most politicians these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. I want to be like the, the the minister of defense or something like that. That'd be cool, man. Charge of the army. Uh, that'd be all right. We'd have some cool gear, man. We'd have some like real planes and real tanks finally. So it'd be awesome. Anyways, I better get going. So yeah. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Appreciate your time.